Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Franchise Interviews, where we're asking the franchipreneur who owns one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott, with my co-host, Don Johnson. And if you've ever dreamed about owning your own business, then you've come to the right place. Today, we have a great show. We're meeting with the Vice President of Franchise Development for Massage Heights, Glenn Franson. And Massage Heights is an exciting new franchise opportunity in an industry that's still in its infancy stage. Massage Heights offers a luxury spa massage experience at an affordable price. Whether you're interested in developing a single clinic, multiple clinic, or an entire territory, Massage Heights has the right opportunity for you. And our first segment today is being brought to you by Franchise Interviews, LLC. Franchise Interviews gives you an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews, as well as get inside tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show on Blog Talk Radio, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and franchise attorneys. And our monthly franchise newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. We also just updated our photos of previous guests from the last year and a half. And Don, welcome back to another edition of Franchise Interviews. How's your week going, my friend? Fine. Have, uh, all's okay. How about yourself? Huh? Good, How are you good. doing? Yeah, good. It's first good. week of baseball season, so I know you must be uh, excited being a Yankee fan. Yeah, it was, it's nice getting uh, baseball underway and spring's in the air. It's always a nice time of the year. And wasn't your father at opening day? It was. He was at opening day, and uh, I fell asleep, so I didn't get to see the end of the game. But it sounds like you said they won that game. And uh, uh, Did they play last night? Play, played last night. I'm pretty sure they lost, though. They did. Okay. So I know they were losing play. late, but uh, right. yeah, it's nice. Cause a lot of times there's not much on TV. You always have the ball game easy to fall back on. Right. Well, I know you're a big fan, you know, so I suspect you're probably going to go to uh, some games this year, aren't you? Yeah, that's what uh, yeah my wife and I are are, are talking about now that uh, our twins are getting a little older. Right, it might be a little right. easier to take them to the game. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and so. then pay hundreds and hundreds to go to the game. <laughs> it's not like when you were a kid or I was a kid, right? We used to go to the game, and it was just uh, you know it was just a day out. Now today, it's just you really have to save your money. Uh, right. These types of events, you know. But uh, well, now in this area, your area, there's a lot of um, minor league baseball. Yeah, in Bridgewater, we have a team here in Bridgewater, and I forget the name, Don, uh, what they're called. But uh, And, you know, those games are a lot of fun. They usually typically sell out as well, you know. Right. And uh, it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. And, uh, yeah, they're, it's great. Yeah, it's a nice family atmosphere. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it is. It's a lot of fun. Our last show, Don, we got to meet with uh, special guests Chad Kunkel and Chris DiMarchi, owners of the uh, franchise Fish Window Cleaning. And since 1978, Fish Window Cleaning has uh, been keeping windows clean. Fish Window Cleaning is now the world's largest window cleaning company, and they always treat every customer as though they're the only customer. I thought it was a very interesting show last week. Any thoughts on last week's? Yeah, definitely very interesting. I liked hearing uh, the whole process of what, uh, what they went through from right. their early due diligence of investigating different franchise systems, what to invest in, to then going through training and opening up the business. And they, and they talked about, like any new business, how they struggled and how rough it was to build up business, and now they're successful. And uh, I mean, they really knew what they wanted. Uh, it was interesting how they had a whole list of what they wanted in a franchise system. Ended they, up choosing Fish Window, and uh, yeah. you know, they're, uh, they've worked hard. Uh, and, and it seems like they really work great with each other. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, they went the franchise broker route as well, didn't they? Right, right, the consultant, they, yeah. They did. They went through a franchise broker, which was interesting, you know, because they were presented with a lot of different opportunities. You were familiar with the company, and I was familiar with the company that they worked for in the past, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and 
though it sounded like it was a great company, it sounded like they were just putting in some very heavy hours uh, into right. working for that company. It sounded like they were working like 50, 60 hours a week, and both of them seemed like they were family guys, you know, and they, I think they were a little frustrated. They never got to see their families. And it was just great hearing the story how they, you know, they bought this franchise, and they worked very hard the first couple of years, didn't they? I mean, it wasn't easy in right. the beginning. I mean, they really... Uh, well, to, uh, you know, telling the story, how they're going around cold calling and sure. having their laptop in the car. and Exactly. And, they uh, sound like they work very well together, too, don't they? I mean, it sounds right. like it was a good match, a good partnership. You know, you never know with partnerships sometimes, um, you know, but this one seemed to work out, you know, very well. So it sounds like they really enjoy working together, which I think is really... Um, so important. Their typical day too. I think they work. I think they're down to like four days a week. It right. sounds like they go in at six thirty in the morning, and they work till about two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. And they go home for the day. Um, there's no weekend work, you know, and there's no nighttime work with this type of franchise. So yeah, that was that one was, of their criteria for for buying a franchise. That was I think very that was one of them. But I mean, I just think they have the, you know, uh, just the right attitude. What a franchisor looks for. Right. People just looking to come in and work hard and just follow the system. Uh, they, you know, aren't, aren't, aren't looking to change anything. Right. They just saw a business model that they feel they can be very successful with. They chose it. It, it met a lot of their criteria, and now they're doing well. And I think you mentioned you had a couple salespeople, a bunch of workers, and so I'm, I'm sure they'll keep growing. Oh, absolutely. I think these guys are just going to keep growing. It was interesting, you know, hearing their backgrounds, too. You know, I was, I was a little surprised at first when they said they worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car, you know. And, you know, in, in hearing a little bit about the franchise, it sounds like, I mean, here was a, some franchisees, an assistant professor, um, a stockbroker, um, a, yeah. what is it, a vice president of marketing for Cracker Barrel. You know, so it's not somebody who wants to uh, go into the window cleaning business. You know, I mean, if you want to go into the window cleaning business, this is not the franchise for you. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so just great. I mean, I thought they had some great stories as well. Um, sounds like on their annual meeting, it's a real family type of atmosphere. Did you get that sense? Like it was like yes. it's like a family reunion. Right. You know, um, and I think that's attributed to the uh, the leadership as well. The gentleman who started the company, Mike Merrick, he was actually a banker. <laughs> you know, and he he saw this niche in the market. You know, and. Uh, uh, did very well with it, you know, so good for them, you know, I was just very happy, I thought it was a, a fantastic show, and uh, I'd like to have those guys back in the future. Yeah, nice guys, I knew when I first met them at the Orlando uh, IFA show, just recently, a couple months ago, that uh, that they would be real interesting to speak to. Sure, absolutely, and they, weren't they like the franchisees of the year, I think, was it for fish window cleaning, or? Right. So that's great, you know, just uh, very nice guys, a lot of fun. What do we have going on today, Don, or over the next, uh, I guess, month? Yeah, well, today we're meeting with Glenn Franson of Massage Heights. Really nice guy, and been working with their company now for a little while with financing. I'm really impressed with what they're doing and how they're growing. And right. A uh, real nice guy. He'll tell us everything about the franchise and, their, and his experience, so we're looking forward to that. It's a great industry as well, too, isn't it? It sounds like a lot of uh, exciting things are happening in the massage industry. You know, I think the one right. thing, you know, that you and I look for, you know, as, as, a, as a marketing professor, you know, I always tell my students to look for growth. And, you know, I think over the last decade, I mean, there's been significant growth in this particular industry, and I think that growth is, is, is over the next decade, is, is still going to be exponential, you know, so right. uh, it's going to be great to uh, have Glenn on the show today, you know, and uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's becoming part of the uh, American 
uh, lifestyle. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of benefits, and I should Glenn, you know, can can explain this better than I could. You know, as far as getting massages and things like that. You know, as far right. as I guess like reducing stress and blood pressure and uh, you know all that other stuff. You know that uh, you know with our busy lifestyles. Yeah, and, and and the whole health aspect of it. It's just not hey, go for a back massage. You you know, uh, I want to feel well. Right. This is all about you know improving your health, and Glenn will go into details about that. Right, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to that. What are we doing next week, Rev? Uh, well, next Super week Bowl we have the franchise. franchise show. Right, which is what's called the Super Bowl of franchising. Right, and I'll talk about that a little bit. Okay. Uh, April 24th, Marty, we're meeting with franchise attorney Nancy Lenard. That's great. She's she's incredible. Uh, I mean, she really knows her stuff, and uh, she was just recently in a, in a magazine uh, article that I read last week. I think it was the Costco Connection. They actually interviewed Nancy, so uh, yeah, uh, it was good for her. It was great to see her in that magazine. And on May first, we're meeting with John Sipola of the Franchise Opportunity Verlo Mattress Factory Stores. That's great. That should be interesting. I don't know if you know this, Don. I was actually in the mattress business well before I got into. Uh, franchising. One of my first jobs out of uh, college, uh, I started working for uh, Macy's, and uh, we started a telemarketing department called 1-800-MACY-BED, and uh, I sold the first bed on 1-800-MACY-BED. Wow. And, uh, this is just an interesting industry, you know, the whole betting industry. Right. So I'm looking forward to, to having those guys on the show. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, as usual, have some interesting shows coming up. We have some more we have to book. You know, I know we, we have some more. Uh, I'll put up the uh, May schedule uh, sometime in the next week or so, you know. Right. And, uh, so we have a lot of things going on, you know. It's just uh, it's, the year is going by so fast. We've had some great interviews uh, in, in 2008. Uh, Michael Gerber, you know, we've had uh, L.A., uh, Sunset Tan, you know, right. some pretty big names on the show over the last month or so. Marco's know, so. Pizza was a nice one. Yeah, it was. It was just incredible opportunities, you know. It just keeps getting better, you know. So, uh it's been a lot of fun. Here's a great article, Don, Los Angeles Times. This was something, you know, when I saw the article, um, you know, we talk a lot about franchising on the show, but there's a lot of other elements that go into it. I thought of our friend uh, Warren Gretches, and uh, when we had Warren on the show, Warren's a motivational speaker. Uh, he wrote one of the best sales books ever. What is it called? The, the, the best damn sales, <laughs> sales book ever. Book ever. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. It, it's an incredible book. I think you read it or you're reading it. Or you're the process, process of it. Yeah, it's a it, great right? book. It is. It's just a fantastic book. After reading that, you just want to get on the phone and start selling. Yeah. But, um, you know, Even selling mattresses. Yeah, there you go. It could be anything. You know, I mean, he's, he's the kind of guy that could sell anything. But he spoke a lot about um, uh, insurance, you know, which is something that we really never spoke about on the show. So I just want to kind of bring this to our listeners' attention. Um, the article is called Insurance Often Overlooked by Small Firms. And the article is by Joyce Rosenberg of the Associated Press, uh, March 31st, 2008. So the article just came out. Just a couple things. It says, buying insurance is crucial for a small company, but it's often overlooked or given short trip. It says, in the process, owners can leave their businesses vulnerable to huge payouts for something as mundane as a clerical error or uh, something like flooding, right? It says, too many owners, <clears throat> the word insurance means property and liability coverage, the products contained in a standard commercial or business owner's policy. If there's a fire, for example, or someone trips and breaks his leg on the premises, the company is covered. Many business owners stop there. Right? A, lot, <clears throat> a lot of it is denial. Tomorrow will never come or this will never happen to me, said Kansas Insurance Commissioner Sandy Prager. But Prager, who's also the president of the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, said owner's ignorance 
is another factor. I think it's not just understanding all the different types of insurance they need. She noted, for instance, that employers may not realize that they need to purchase workers' compensation insurance, which, may state, <clears throat> which many states require of companies with a certain number of employees. Prager also cited a common mistake made by people who run businesses out of their homes. It says they believe a homeowner policy will automatically cover them if there's a business-related accident, such as a customer tripping uh, and being injured. So just interesting things to, you know, to take into consideration. Again, the article goes on and on and on, you know, but right. uh, um, I think it's just something very important, you know, that franchisees always have to consider. You know, a lot of times we, uh, you know, pay our insurance and we look at it as an expense, you know, and uh, um, but it's just really, it's, it's a necessity for business today, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's expensive. It is it's something you don't really want to look really into details. These policies are, I mean, are like a book, and it's hard to understand. You right. You have to have a good insurance agent, but you're right. You have to get it all, even on a personal level. Sure. And my, uh, my wife's father uh, was in the insurance business for years on, on the place in New York City, so right. he, he, uh, he really coached me on everything that's needed. But on a personal level, uh, even disability insurance is so important to have, oh, absolutely. especially when you're self-employed. You know, and, and when we had Warren on the show, you know, he, he kept mentioning to just, you know, keep increasing it, you know, um, right. you know while you're strong, you know, um, just something very, very important. So I uh, just thought that was a great article, um, something that we need to discuss every so often. Definitely. Uh, all right, Marty. Well, um, you know, we talked about the show coming up next, uh, the franchise show. Just to remind people, it's the 17th Annual International Franchise Expo at the Washington Convention Center. That's next uh uh, next Friday, Saturday, next Friday. and Sunday, April 11th to the 13th. That's right. And our company, Diamond Financial, is going to be exhibiting, and you'll be down. I think you're coming in on Saturday, right? Saturday I'll be down there. That should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And it, like you said, it's, uh, it's one of the top shows of the year. People wanting information, go to IFE, just IFEinfo.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there's um, a franchise show in, in Detroit this weekend, the Franchise and Business Opportunities Expo. Uh, they have shows around the country, having one uh, April 5th and 6th in Detroit. If people want information on that, can go to usfranchiseexpos.com. Okay. Good. But as far as the IFE show next week, uh, really looking forward to it. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it really is a, a fantastic event. You know, they do a nice job at putting it all together. And, you know, if you're new to franchising, uh, you know, if you're interested in franchising, it's great show to go to. They have a lot of free seminars and things like that. Don, I don't know if you've ever got – well, you probably never have time um, – to go to the seminars, but uh, really very, very informative. Right. A lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, that'll be here before we know it. Uh, Bring your appetites, right? (laughs) (laughs) And a bag to put some gifts in. There you go. You kids are going to expect things now every time you go to uh, the Right, a lot of pressure for me to gather up some stuff to bring home. I remember last year you got the, uh, was it the Liberty Tax, uh, was it the... um, Right, the foam hat thing that goes on your head, and there's all kinds of things. Uh, this, uh, This... this recent franchise show, there was a yo-yo that lit up. Oh, really? You use it. They have little bouncy balls that light up and flash. And um, they're you know, a lot of fun. You know, it's it's always fun. You know, I used to love doing the shows. You know, it's uh, speaking of Liberty Tax. I saw the other day when I was driving, uh, Lady Liberty. You know, we had John Hewitt on right. uh, the show, which was another fantastic interview. Um, you know, standing on the corner, you know, waving to all the cars going by. You know, and. Uh, uh, John spoke about you know the whole grassroots marketing approach you know and uh, right. I think it's very successful. There's a lot of people beeping, you know, at this. Uh, Bottom line, it works. Stuff like that. I yeah. think it does. You know, I think I, I think it makes an impression. You know, so uh, 
Yeah. It's very, very interesting. Here's something, Marty, CNN.com. I think having a franchise show, I think we had to mention this. Uh, it says her egg McMuffin inventor dies at 89. Yeah, I heard about Not this. Not a sad story, but at a L.A., California, a Southern California McDonald's restaurant's official says egg McMuffin inventor Herb Peterson uh, died in Santa Barbara at the age of 89. Peterson came up with the idea for the signature McDonald's breakfast item in 1972. Wow. His, uh, he began his career at McDonald's as vice president of the company's advertising firm, uh, which, called, which was called Darcy Advertising in Chicago. He wrote McDonald's first national advertising slogan, where quality starts fresh every day. That's interesting. I remember uh, talking about that in my marketing class, you know, we going over marketing slogans for uh, McDonald's. You know, that's, that's fascinating. And then he became a franchisee, which is interesting. Hey, you can go brag that one of the most popular morning items was something he invented. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. We spoke about the uh, gentleman, I guess it was several months ago, with the uh, filet of fish. Right. You know, where uh, uh, he had that contest, didn't he, with, um, what's his name, Ray Kroc. And uh, it was the hula burger versus the filet of fish because um, on Good Fridays, McDonald's sales were going down, you know, because people back then weren't eating meat on Fridays. So Ray Kroc's solution to the problem was, well, let's create a hula burger and uh, the other gentleman was saying, well, let's, let's try a filet of fish. And uh, whoever sold more, you know, that's the idea they were going to go with. <laughs> right. and, uh, you know, filet of fish became to be a, a really, you know, big item at McDonald's, you know. And that's great to see, you know, that a lot of franchises, Don, do uh, listen to their franchisees. I think that's so important, you know. I mean, again, a, a franchise is, is, is something where um, – it's probably for someone who's not too entrepreneurial and likes to reinvent the wheel and things like that. But I think it's 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 good to hear from the franchisees. I think you know we've heard a lot of success stories of great ideas coming right from the franchisees. So I think that feedback is is really very important. And, and a good franchise system will listen to their franchisees because maybe there is something that that can be done better. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, again. The franchisees are on the front line, you know what I mean? So they get to hear what the customers are saying, you know, whether they're complaints or praises and things like that. And uh, right. so I, I think it's really important to get that feedback from the franchisees, absolutely. Yeah, good point. Here's something, Marty, San Diego Business Journal online um, titled, Franchise Ownership Offers Comfort in Tough Economy. Hmm. Franchising has one trillion impact on economy, report says. This is by Liz Weideman. Uh, a period of economic uncertainty is not the time to sink one's life savings into a restaurant or shop, but it may be the perfect time to consider owning a service franchise, according to local franchise consultant Sherry Carroll. Hmm. One factor in franchise choices is home equity. Uh, how, how many new franchisees finance their businesses in the past, she says. Right. Since equity loans aren't as available or as generous as they once were, service businesses with their much lower entry costs offer a path that many are taking to beat the economic blues, said Carroll. That's true. Uh, an 11-year volunteer with the San Diego Chapter of SCORE, a nonprofit organization providing free consulting and inexpensive workshops for small business and new startups, Carol was recruited by SCORE to provide franchise expertise. She says, while a franchise sandwich shop may cost 120000 or more for the build-out and equipment or 300000 for a retail shop, a service business can cost as little as 20000 to get started with almost no overhead, she said. I think this article is interesting because they're in a, a down economy. Um, it, it seems like these lower-cost franchises or home-based franchises, you know, probably are doing pretty well. Sure, absolutely. Some growing service businesses among San Diegans are Gurney, Illinois-based Bright Star Healthcare. 
and Sandy Utah-based Spectrum Home Services, which offer non-medical services to seniors, such as running errands uh, and yard cleaning, consulting businesses such as Carlsbad-based expense reduction, uh, uh, it says their expense reduction analysts, along with uh, executive training services such as Lajala-based Renaissance Executive Forms, also offer popular franchising opportunities, says Blair Nickel, president of the Louisville, Kentucky-based Franchise Network Group's San Diego and Orange County operations. With a countrywide unemployment rate of about 5% in the first two months of 08, up from about 4% early 07, according to the Employment Development Department of California, franchising is bigger than ever in San Diego, says Nickel. Really? Franchise businesses now make up $1 trillion in U.S. direct economic output, according to the International Franchise Association report sponsored by the U.S. Small Business Administration. And we know this, but they say more than 3,000 companies are franchising nationally, and franchise businesses account for more than 50% of total retail revenue. I think that might be a new statistic. I don't, uh, I don't think we ever saw it as high as 50%. No, no. It's you get different numbers depending on the on you know what source you know you're reading. You know, it's uh, I didn't realize it said three thousand. You know, I mean that's uh, I, I thought we were up to last time I looked twenty five hundred. But again, it's just between that range twenty five hundred three thousand. You know, somewhere right. in between. You know, but uh, that's interesting. You know, and we've had some of the a lot of those um, service oriented businesses that you're referencing on the show, Don. Remember when we had a. Uh, was it Visiting Angels? Right. Um, they were talking about the uh, non-medical senior care. Yeah. Senior care. yeah. Um, interesting concept because, you know, even when the economy is bad, so what? You know, I mean, you still need the service, you know, I mean, and that market is huge. So right. Sure. That's, that's, that's interesting. And just finishing up, it says high-level executives are saying they don't want to go through layoffs again. So ready to <sighs> leave the corporate world, they're using severance packages to start a business, Nichols said. He says that former business executives are ideal candidates for franchising because they can apply their existing skill sets in a white-collar environment while investing between eighty and 100000 in office-based types of franchises such as executive coaching, financial con- consulting, and information technology businesses as opposed to a storefront business that costs a minimum uh, of twice the money. So, um, you know, this is pretty interesting mm-hmm. in uh, the fact that, um, you know, smaller concepts right. or franchises – could really thrive during these times. All right, good. Here's something else, Marty. What's your franchise personality? And and this was in the April 08 uh, edition uh, of Ventrepreneur uh, magazine. By, uh, was it Joe LaBava? Yeah, Joe LaBava and Rhonda Sanderson. When it comes to a franchise business, consider first if your personality is a fit for the franchise business model. And I thought this was an interesting article. When people start searching for an opportunity in franchise ownership, they start by going to the Internet and typing in franchises. <laughs> that's true, isn't it? I, I think that's how I first got, got to know you on a Saturday that typing is. in. It was a Saturday morning, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Finding a website. <laughs> we eventually spoke. We started advertising. That's right. Uh, it says that is how most people start researching uh, Start researching anything nowadays. In my sure. franchise consulting business, I work with folks who have a desire to invest in a franchise or small business of their own and want some guidance, I always suggest that they start by looking at themselves first. Mm-hmm. If you start your search with the name or type of a franchise first, you risk spending time researching and learning about opportunities that may not be the right ones for your investment level or, or professional interpersonal skills and perhaps, most importantly, your personality. 
Yeah, absolutely. We've we've heard that in the past from some great franchise consultants, Don. You know, is, is, is as you said, the very first step is to take a self-assessment. You know, kind of like the guys that we had on last week from Fish Window Cleaning. They took an assessment and they said, okay, well, you know what, this is what we want. We want to own a business where we can get home early in the afternoon, where we can, you know, uh, walk our kids home from the school bus or uh, never miss a baseball game or just all of that stuff, you know what I mean? Put them to bed at night. I mean, those those are questions you have to ask yourself, you know what I mean? That's really where I think you do have to start, you know I mean? How many times have you and I heard, you know, the great uh, story of people wanting to buy a Dunkin' Donuts franchise just because they like the coffee? And, you know, if, if those two guys from Fish Window Cleaning, if they bought a, a Dunkin' Donuts, it sounds like they probably would have been very frustrated with that kind of job, you know? Right. Because once again, they would have been there early in the morning and uh, late the weekend, I mean, and probably weekends, working more hours and, than the yeah, previous job. Yeah. And holidays and all that other stuff, you know what I mean? So, you know, you really do have to take a self-assessment. I think it's just so important. Right. It goes on personality tests. What does personality have to do with business selection? The answer, a lot. When it comes to a franchise business, the first thing to consider is if your personality is a fit for the franchise business model. Here are a few questions to consider. Are you an idea person, or do you prefer letting others come up with an idea? Hmm. Franchising, someone else already came up with an idea for a product or service. Your role as a franchisee is to use their idea to your benefit. Do you follow the rules? The franchise contract is a lengthy document with lots of rules that legally must be followed. How you report weekly sales to the franchisor, the hours and days of the week you must be open, and how much you spend on monthly advertising are based on rules you must follow as a potential franchisee. Do you consider yourself a creative person? Mm -hmm. Since it is the franchisor's concept, they will produce everything from the advertising templates to signage to all of their other branded materials. This is not an area where your creative skills will be used. Right. It goes on here, B2B. If you feel that... You are a good candidate for the franchise business model. Next, you must figure out which franchise concepts could fit your specific personality traits. Let's look at one sector of franchising that is typically on the lower investment side, business-to-business or B2B. B2B franchise opportunities range from about fifty to 200000 Also, some B2B franchises can be home-based, which tends to keep costs even lower, kind of what you talked about the last article we went over right, a little bit. Right. Um, one example of a low investment, home-based B2B franchise opportunity is an advertising and promotional specialties concept. Almost all businesses use products such as coffee mugs, calendars, keychains. That's all the stuff you get at these uh, uh, franchise shows, by the way. There you go. With, with their company's logo to distribute at trade shows or to their customers. In an opportunity like this, your role as a franchisee would be to contact these small to medium-sized companies and convince them to buy their products from you. In essence, you'll be running a sales and marketing operation uh, key personality uh, uh, attributes for an opportunity like this would include persuasiveness, a high degree of self-motivation, and an extremely outgoing personality. If your personality is more introverted, analytical, or amiable, a franchise opportunity that requires a lot of outgoing selling and networking is a disaster waiting to happen. And then it says here, my advice, don't invest in a low-cost franchise because it is low-cost. Invest in it because it fits your unique personality traits. If you start your franchise exploration process with self-examination, you will significantly increase your likelihood of success. Right. So a lot of great advice, and it went on and gave a whole bunch of interesting questions uh, when you're speaking to the franchisor, like how long been in business, uh, how long has it been offering franchises, what's the franchisor's current financial condition, 
uh, who are the franchisors direct, uh, who are their directors and officers? Does the franchise or have a reputation of honesty in dealing with its franchisees, with its customers? We should uh, probably even post these questions on our website. It talks about products and services, what questions to ask, sales territory and, and location, questions on current franchisees. Absolutely. Great practical questions uh, that we should uh, list for you know people listening on it. Right, great places to start. You know where people don't even think about. You know a lot of times people even think you were mentioning in this, this article, Don, that uh, you know they they decide they want to buy a franchise. What kind of franchise? Well, you know what, it may be that franchising isn't for them because they are so entrepreneurial that um, they may be frustrated. You know what I mean in following a system. Right. Um, so. These are all great places to start. It's a very good article. You know, yeah, and, so it's, and who, who wrote this? Uh, again, Joel Lababa, president of Franchise Selection Specialists. And, and we've had Joel on, Joel on the show. And we're going to have him back as well. You know, he just wrote a, a book recently on franchising. And, uh, right. Um, you know, so he might And, and he's the author that. of Franchise Blog for Vet. Well, I remember he talked to us about that. And then uh, Rhonda Sanderson is president of Sanderson & Associates out of Chicago, uh, the public relations firm. So these are a couple of people with a lot of experience in franchising who, uh, you know, just give great advice in this article. Right. Absolutely. Oh, great article. Well, today, Don, as we were mentioning earlier, we have uh, we have a great show. We're meeting with uh, the vice president of franchise development for Massage Heights, Glenn Franson, who I know you know. Right. And Massage Heights is an exciting new franchise opportunity uh, in an industry that is still in its infancy, as we were just mentioning. Uh, Massage Heights offers a luxury spa and massage experience at an affordable price. All right. uh, it says, whether you're interested in developing a single clinic, multiple clinic, or entire territory, Massage Heights has the right opportunity for you. Hey, Glenn, good morning. Welcome to the show. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure, Glenn. Glenn, joining us is my co-host, Don Johnson, who, uh, as I mentioned, I, I think you know, um, for Don yeah. Financial. Hey, Glenn, appreciate you coming on. Good to have you here. I guess you're pretty pumped up for next week's show, right? Oh, absolutely. We're, uh, we've got the bags packed and we're ready to get out there. <laughs> if only I could get a little bit of extra time to do some sightseeing while I were out there. But uh, no, we're going to get out there, roll up our sleeves and get to work. And these oh, uh, trade great. shows and expos have been really uh, beneficial for us in not only generating leads, but also just generating some market awareness and, um, and getting out there and making some great contacts. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. It, it, you know, you mentioned uh, that's what's frustrating. You know, you're in this great city, the nation's capital. You're right. I, I would love to just leave for four or five hours and go check out the sites, <laughs> but I guess work's in hand. And, and also, uh, um, yeah, I just want to congratulate you because now you're, you, you, you have a new title, right, Glenn? You're the president? That's exactly right. Uh, oh, I am great. now the president and CEO. Oh, and uh, that that was uh, made official just a couple of weeks ago here, and I'm really excited about that. Um, I've been very involved in the leadership um, since really shortly after the inception of the business, and uh, my brother-in-law, family-owned business, uh, Wayne Evans, was the actual founder, and uh, he uh, has gone through a period of transition where it's really not so much the business that he started four years ago. It's kind of taken a new, new direction, and he felt that I was the person that was going to be most qualified to take us to the next level. And so I'm really excited to have the opportunity and also to have the, the, the trust within the family, within him, within the corporation, and for him to be able to step aside and allow someone else to come in and kind of take the helm. That just tells you what kind of a guy he is. Absolutely no ego whatsoever, wants to do what's best for the company, 
And if I had to put myself in that same situation, I think I may have a challenging time accepting that reality. But uh, he really wants to do what's best for the company, and, and we all feel here at uh, Massage Heights Corporate that I'm the person that's uh, best qualified to, to take us to the next level. That's yeah, which you will. I've been impressed with the company, and I didn't realize just just four years old, you've done so much, just so much involved with getting a franchise system on the right track. And we talked a little bit when I met you down in Orlando, uh, what you know was involved with all the you know the little things you got to do to make sure everything is just set up properly for a new franchisee. So yeah, I mean, uh, there's you know good things happening with you guys. I know you're gonna do great at the show, and uh, if. if if, if, if while at the show, Glenn, you're having you know some problems or speaking to someone, just call me over. I'll help you out a little bit. No problem. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right, though, Don. There is a lot to to do to get a new franchise system off the ground. Um, you know, from the legal fees alone to creating the marketing materials to uh, really going through that learning curve. And you may know how to get from point A to point B with inside your actual retail store for us, right, a massage therapy clinic. Um, but in terms of being a franchisor, you have to learn how to get from A to B in the quickest fashion, most efficient way with uh, your franchisees. So whether that be learning how to educate people properly, because we all know that people learn differently, or whether that uh, means finding the right contacts, whether it be for uh, a, an attorney that specializes in franchising or whether it be for a real estate firm that specializes in franchising, yeah. there is really a lot to put together. And the way that we have always viewed it is that our franchisee is actually our customer because that's how we earn our income, right? right. We get paid off of their top line. And so for us, what we like to do is we like to uh, supply all of the tools be able to go home, go to sleep at night, knowing that we gave our franchisee every possible opportunity uh, to succeed as long as they're willing to meet us halfway. We like to make sure that we've given them absolutely every opportunity. And, uh, you know, we like to back that up as, again, as I said earlier, that they're our customers. So we want to create these uh, low-touch franchisees that can uh, watch us uh, do the process, whether that be a soft opening or whether that be um, making a sale. And we like to coach them through that and then have them be able to take over and be self-sufficient. Of course, we support them throughout the entire process through the term of the agreement. But we're really looking for those types of people who um, can, can learn the system. And as you said earlier, that don't try to reinvent the system. However, I feel that you know 10 minds are greater than one. And so we do have a forum so that franchisees can bring us new ideas. And I've seen a lot of franchise systems that really prohibit that. There's actually fines uh, or fees that are involved for someone to bring a new idea to R&D. So if you have this supplier that you'd like to use, uh, you have to pay us as a franchisor $1,000 and we'll take a look at it. For us, I want to know what you have. But we've all made a commitment that we don't use that product or that initial or new idea until the entire system does. So we've already implemented a couple of those fish fillets, uh, uh, fish fillet sandwiches into, uh, into our system here. They've come from regional developers and from franchisees, and they've been some amazing ideas that I'd love to take credit for but, but cannot. That's, that's great. You have a op- nice open-door policy like that to listen to ways from franchisees. I think that it just creates more of like that team that that team type of uh, you know scenario. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, we really look for franchisees that can contribute something to the system. And you were talking about profiling and taking tests to find out if you're a right fit. It's something that's very important for us. Uh, the, the prospective franchisee has to fit the personality profile. Um, they do have to fit the culture. Uh, they do have to. They they may work great in the industry, but not particularly in franchising because they're too entrepreneurial. So we we're looking for this person who is definitely ambitious and tenacious and can bring their past life experiences, whether that be in business or personal, to the table to help us grow this system. But we also do uh, have recently implemented personality profiling. So we're looking for a specific. Uh, personality type to make sure that we have people who will follow that are uh, somewhat creative that can contribute but uh, that do follow the chain of command and and keep the system whole and strong and we've got to do things that are not best for one region or best for one particular franchisee but best for the entire system to keep the consistency of the brand right and marty i, I just want to add that glenn and i did not speak before the show but it seemed like it was a perfect segue to what we talked about <laughs> sure it was. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well you know i was kind of i've been on since the beginning of the show and you know don i've always had admiration for you we've seemed to kind of get along pretty well marty i've spoken with you and, mm-hmm. and feel the same but uh, in listening to the two of you in the show this morning um, so many of the things that you're saying are really the 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 the, the drivers that i believe in for this industry um, right. You know, I, I was impressed very early on in the uh, uh, show this morning to hear some of the things that you were talking about, and and uh, I feel like it was a perfect segue, as you mentioned. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's the the whole reason why we started the show, Glenn, is uh, is you know just to real just to really give people the basics and just give them information and just you know remind people that you know franchising is not for everybody, mm-hmm. and. You know your system, how you know what you're doing at Massage Heights, and all the different things. It just seems like it's you know just you know the perfect you know to what we're talking about, mm-hmm. and, and and trying to educate people. And you know last week we had on some franchisees, and we you know since we've started, it's, it's all been experts and just across the board, right, Marty? Just all levels in in, in franchising from real estate to and what we even had a show on surveillance. It's been very what? diverse, yeah. Yeah. It has. Yeah, it's Glenn. What were you doing before joining Massage Heights? What's your background? Well, I, I've owned a couple of other businesses. Um, I've owned a restaurant and also a uh, manufacturing plant, uh, manufacturing dessert products. Um, but prior to that, I was in the health and fitness industry and supervising the chain of health clubs, and I've been in that industry for quite a few years now. So the uh, model that we have here is very familiar to me because we are membership based with right. these therapeutic massage uh, concepts but also just the the general health and fitness. And I saw health and fitness industry a trend from in the late 80s, uh, mid-80s, you know, being a bunch of real muscular guys with uh, spandex shorts and, you know, (laughs) and pink tank tops to being more about getting fit and getting healthy and living the lifestyle, you know, getting ripped abs and getting cardiovascular health. And if you recall in the 80s, the ladies didn't want to go into the health clubs because they didn't want to get big muscles. There was total misconception. People were not educated. So uh, this industry is a lot the same way. Most of our customers, 50% of our customers, are first-time users of massage services, and it's because of the things that we've done. We've made it affordable. We've made it convenient. And we've gone out there on a platform 
and educated them and broken down, you know, not only the stigmas but also the walls that may intimidate them. Uh, people are intimidated by things that they don't know the answers to. So uh, should I wear um, undergarments? Is it going to hurt? Um, you know, am I going to be covered up? Whatever it may be. So we educate them on the entire process. We tell them what to expect. Um, they know that they're coming into a, a clean and professional environment, and it's consistent. And so we're out there really educating people, as I said about the health and, and fitness business, educating them on the health benefits associated with therapeutic massage. And uh, there are a lot of benefits. There are benefits like reducing stress and like lowering blood pressure and uh, increasing circulation. But we have to continually get out there on the platform and, and, and reach out to people and let them know that, you know, they should come on in and take advantage and then get involved in what we call a lifestyle program. And it's a lifestyle program, dubbed a lifestyle program, because that's exactly what it is. This is a lifestyle. This is something that we're making very mainstream, and uh, it should be in addition to your regular exercise program or the way that you eat or trying to get enough water. It's a lifestyle, and that's the way that we're um, approaching it and ingraining it into uh, the culture today. This is really right up your alley, Glenn, having that background health and fitness and now being in a franchise system where health is so important. I think that's what's going to really fuel the tremendous growth in your industry is the whole health aspect of it because, because I never realized how important um, you're getting a back massage is. You just go there because it feels good, but the, the, you know that's just a small part of the whole piece now. Is, you're, you're absolutely is, right, Don, and um, you would be surprised to see how our demographic and our target customer um, continues to morph and change and dilute itself. And when we first got going um, four years ago, we were actually looking for that uh, soccer mom that's affluent that has leisure time to spare. Today, our customer has become primarily 30 to 39-year-olds. Secondary is 20 to 29-year-olds, if you can believe that. So wow. the younger, and then yeah. 40 to 49. So initially on, we thought this uh, uh, consumer is affluent, and then, of course, we want to target the uh, baby boomers because they're aging. The fact is, when you look at our mix, it continues to change, and we can touch everybody from um, teenagers coming in with their parents all the way to senior citizens no matter what socioeconomic status they come from because pain and stress and these chronic conditions do not discriminate between age, race, et cetera, and that's why people are coming into these um, clinics, these therapeutic clinics, is to get relief from something. It's, that, uh, it's the migraines. It's the, the stress on the work, in the workplace. It's stress from overstudying in school. It's uh, injuries on the high school athletic team, whatever it may be. So we see a very broad and diverse group coming into these locations. And, and it's such a serious problem nationwide, just something simple like stress. I've been finding out over the years how serious it is, and it leads to, can lead to so many different health problems. So, you know, with your type of service, uh, helping to relieve all that, it's just, uh, I mean, it's now, like you said, a necessity. It's yes, and, it, and it's an affordable way to do it, and it fits into your lifestyle because typically in the past you'd need to book an appointment for a massage a couple of days in advance. Um, you'd pay $80, dollars $150. Today, um, you know, this is a society where we are looking for instant gratification, we, you know, we dress our kids on the way to soccer practice. We eat lunch in the car on the way to our next appointment. Right. We're accessible by cell phone. You can buy a pair of blue jeans at 3 o'clock in the morning on the Internet. We want it now. Right. And at Massage Heights, what you can do is you can actually walk in. We have 20 to 25 therapists 
per location. We take up to 3,000 appointment times per month at each location. You can walk on in and get a massage right now when you need it, when you have free time, when you have a, a headache, or when your back hurts or whatever it may be that fits into your lifestyle. So it's quick, it's affordable, it's convenient, um, and it, it brings all the elements together and is allowed for the average person like you and I to be able to take advantage of massage therapy much more frequently. Wow, that's great. And that, you know, um, one of my questions when I was going to be to describe the franchise heights, I'm sorry, the Massage Heights franchise, uh, and you kind of started doing that a little bit with uh, people can just walk right in off the street. You know, I didn't realize each each location has that amount of you know, people working there. I mean, that's I mean that's incredible. Well, it is, but uh, the industry itself has been around. Massage has been around for over 3,000 years. Um, however, we haven't seen it very successful. Um, many times uh, these spas do massage services in addition to all of their other higher margin services like their hair and the products that they sell. So they don't really promote it. Um, the massage therapist typically works as an independent contractor, and in those relationships, yeah. um, you really can't uh, you know, always count on that person to work the schedule that you need them to. But at Massage Heights, they're actually employees. They do get benefits and a number of other uh, workplace benefits, but um, we, we do have people that are on staff that can take you whenever you come on in. We also have... Uh, uh, a number of, uh, they're usually skilled in three to five different modalities like uh, deep tissue or Swedish or sports massage or maternity massage, whatever that may be. And the reason that it's working, uh, that we can employ so many people is because um, typically that independent contractor who's working on their own, that's uh, traveling to people's homes, gas right now is $3 a gallon, they've got to lug around a heavy table with them, they're burning out of that uh, type of uh, self-employment relationship. They're looking for a home where they can get benefits, right. and, and this is atypical in the industry. They're looking for consistent work. They also don't necessarily, massage therapists don't necessarily have the skill set um, of uh, you know, being a bookkeeper or being a marketing person or uh, financing or whatever it may be. So Good we point. don't have to worry about all that. Just they don't have to worry about do it. They do, yeah. That's right. They do what they do best, and we worry about the rest. And, and and it's very hard work, and people don't realize that you really, I mean, almost like a doctor. I mean, you got to really know what you're doing and get, get training, and it's it's you know it's it's just very hard work to be doing that, you know, several hours a day. That's exactly right. So, we have uh, designed ways to extend the massage therapist life cycle, whether it be from um, ergonomic uh, electric uh, tables that adjust up and down, whether it be um, anti-fatigue flooring that we choose for the treatment rooms or just the team retreat where they can go back and relax. We really focus in on, uh, because it is so manually intensive, how can we extend the life cycle, keep them fresh. We also advocate and encourage for them to get massage on their downtime. So it is highly labor-intensive, but we also employ uh, just real cutting-edge technology at the front end so that we can keep an efficient uh, uh, business rolling. Wow, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, that's a lot for um, you know, uh, you know, franchisee coming on board. I mean, that's I mean, that's where your training comes in, and it seems like once someone's open, like you mentioned before, that franchisee is going to have so much confidence. And I guess you know, it's really making sure you have that right staff, that 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 staff of these massage therapists, and and then just you know, follow the system, and uh, it's, uh, you know, they're going to have a lot of success. Yeah, we hope so. Um, we've been very uh, successful at this point. We've had a 100% success rate. 
we have 22 locations open. We have 55 more in development, and the momentum has just started really uh, turning. In the last 12 months, I've placed uh, 24 out of the possible 54 regional developers. So we're currently operating in about 18 states. Uh, we're in development, at least in 18 states. Um, the growth has been good. It's been manageable as well. Yeah. And uh, the uh, training that's involved for the franchisees has uh, is not only at the uh, corporate level but also at the regional level with that regional developer. Um, but just to give you an idea of the type of training that we um, employ for each uh, franchisee, we put them through a, a thorough five-day training program here uh, at uh, at and we call base camp, uh, and they learn everything from the uh, different price points and retail products to, you know, how to conduct a successful job interview. Um, they get everything from uh, pay grids to uh, templates and, and matrices um, for everything from, uh, uh, you know, uh, motivating staff to selling memberships. We really provide everything for them as a template. There's some areas where they can and some areas where they cannot deviate, but they get about uh, 35 classroom hours that week and about 15 hours in the clinic and then during their soft opening we fly a team out of three people and we do training for three days during their soft opening where we go back and we revisit revisit things that they may have forgotten like the software training and uh, we make sure that that is all up and running properly and that they're well trained on how to use it we send a, a corporate lead therapist out and he works with all of the massage therapists that you've hired he trains them. Now, he doesn't have to train them on how to do massage. That's the beautiful thing is they've already gone through an intense, incredible amount of schooling to do so. Yeah. But he will train them on um, the Massage Heights way, you know, everything from where they should be parking their car to how they should greet a customer. And then we also send another person out that works with the administrative staff on things like how to answer the phone to how to sell a membership or lifestyle program. And that training done at the corporate office, which is in the beautiful state of Texas, right? I think San Antonio? That's exactly right. We're down here in San Antonio, Texas. And, you know, Don, whenever I get someone to call from the East Coast, they always say, so did you ride your horse to uh, work today? <laughs> so I want to I go ahead and clarify that now, that uh, I did not uh, ride a horse to work this morning. Now, are you always from Texas? I mean, you have a little bit of an accent, but not... I lived in the in the Midwest. I lived in Chicago. I spent a number of years in in that area in the health and health and fitness industry. Um, it's my second home, but I was uh, I was born and raised here, and uh, made it back about uh, ten years ago. And home of the champs, the Spurs, who, who will probably win again this year. Mm, we'll see. I sure <laughs> hope they do. They're on a roll. <laughs> yeah. They're a group of great guys, though. If you follow sports, you follow. I think you and I had this conversation. They really are an incredible group of guys. You don't see them out on the town. The only place you'll see them is in church. So they're not in the newspapers. They're not on the news. They really behave themselves. A good group of guys. That's great. That's what a real team's about. You know, it's not, not always the best players at who works best together. You know, same exactly. with the franchise system. You have a good team. Sounds like you and you know your staff there. You know, doing all the right stuff, and that equals a you know successful team. I agree with you. Yeah, getting back to the industry, Glenn, I, Don and I were doing uh, some research earlier. It says here, it says 25 million more Americans get a massage today than a decade ago, and I guess it's 20% of all Americans have received a massage at least once per year. I mean, these numbers are incredible. How big is the industry? Is there a dollar amount? It's about uh, 10 to $15 billion a year currently and in, in growing just and exponentially. Growing. Yes. Um, just to give you an idea, 
um, of where these employees are coming from. There's about a quarter million, 240,000 massage therapists currently in the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, but in the last decade, the uh, the number of state-regulated schools has gone from 637 to 1,529, so almost tripling. Um, and you're going to see a lot more folks driving towards that as a profession. Right. Um, you know, our average massage therapist is uh, making 800 to 1,000 dollars a week with us, and that's not a bad living. No. Um, you know, and, and again, it depends on their skill level and, and of course, their customer service associated with it. And you can typically see the best ones that have the great attitude, earn more than that, and those that maybe are a little bit uh, uh, green may earn a little bit less, but they can earn a great living. And one thing that I've been working on that I'm getting ready to roll out here is a scholarship program that I'm gearing towards uh, towards high school graduating seniors so that we can start introducing this as a, a alternative for those that are not looking to go to college. Maybe they're looking to go to a vocational school or some other type of trade. Uh, this is a, a great field to work in, and when you think about you know, the environment, you're working in a place that has soft candlelight, soft music. The customers are never dissatisfied. Um, when I was in the restaurant business, I would bring out a batch of pasta and one table would say it's cooked too tough. The other one would say it's not cooked enough. And, you know, the same with everything. The iced right. tea is too strong, it's too weak. You have to constantly, um, you know, apologize for, you know, the, the inconsistencies in the customer's taste. Right. With massage therapy, people get a feeling of euphoria when they get massage because the endorphins are actually released just like a runner's high. And so when they get out of there, they have a smile on their face, their knees are weak, and they just want to sit in the lobby and relax for a minute, and they thank you for being there and for making it affordable and for making them feel better. So the customers absolutely love these massage therapists. They bring them cookies and they bring them Christmas presents, whatever it may be. They absolutely love it. And if you're a franchisee, to be able to work in that kind of environment where you can really make an impact on someone's life like that, that's incredible. Um, you know, there is uh, a lot of businesses out there that, uh, you know, that you can't really look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and say, did I really help someone out today? And uh, this is one of those where you really can. That's a good point, Glenn, just that nice atmosphere mm-hmm. uh, when, you know, so much in life, uh, you know, is not that type of situation. I can understand why a therapist uh, would like to work in that type of atmosphere and then you get those repeat customers so you're you know you get to be friendly with the customers and you're right they're leaving happy and and and, and feeling better so uh yeah i mean that would be a you know, pretty nice atmosphere for someone to work in that's exactly right and we're able to because of the membership program that we have um, we're able to see those customers on a very frequent basis believe it or not there's some people that come uh two three times a week um, and that's not the average customer. Average customer is coming about 1.7 times per month. But uh, that's up from the average consumer last year going to the day spa, massage consumer going to the day spa two times last year. So we're getting to see people on a very regular basis. We're getting to know them and develop customers for life. We now are taking advantage of that uh, relationship and I shouldn't say taking advantage of, but I should say capitalizing on that relationship and selling them other products um, like our Heights at Home retail line of, of, of bath salts and um, bath robes and uh, creams and lotions and all of these other things that can help extend their experience uh, that they had at Massage Heights. 
Uh, we also are selling them now elevated services, which are uh, essentially add-on services. So we have things like hot stones or a hot towel foot exfoliation, um, a cold stone facial, things like this that they can come in and uh, just pay a little bit more money, get a little bit more value. So for those customers that have been coming in for the last three years that have just been getting massage and are looking for a little bit more, we have that available for them now. Well, that's interesting. Just continuously to give the franchisee the edge with these extra revenue streams is pretty interesting. And, you know, by the way, I was just thinking those people who do come, do come in two, two, three times a week for a, a massage, they're usually restaurant owners, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that, Don, because, um, yes, I, as a matter of fact, I'm thinking of an individual that I've known that's been coming a couple of times a week for a long time, and he's a restaurant manager uh, for a big, uh, 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 yeah, and it's a corporate-owned uh, restaurant. I won't say which one, but they work them about 80 hours a week or so. I think on a on a slow week. You you, you should start a, a a direct marketing campaign right to those restaurant managers and, and chefs, just anybody in the restaurant industry. Yeah, but it's a <laughs> tough one. It's a tough one. It really is. I've worked around that industry a lot. Uh, I have a very good friend of mine who's a chef himself, and it is a tough industry. Uh, a lot of people want to open a restaurant franchise. I right. think everybody believes that, you know, if they can cook at home, that they can cook in a, a restaurant environment. And there's a lot more to it. But um, for some people, it's a great fit. Some people, this is a great fit. And it really gets back to what is it that you love to do? What is it that you want to do? What is it you can do? Uh, for me, I'm not the type of person that, you know, I want to make sandwiches or I want to smell like food when I get home. And when I was in the restaurant industry, I did. Right. Um, you know, when I was in the manufacturing industry, you know, there's flour in the air everywhere, and, you know, the the working conditions are not, you know, that glamorous. So um, this is really when you talk about franchising and what people should look for, they should really look for something that they're going to enjoy doing. Um, and you've heard that old adage that if you find something that you like and, you, you, you know, you can make a living at it, then you'll be a happy person. I think that's true, but I've also seen people that, had a hobby that they thought would be great to get involved in for a living, and they end up, you know, having to sell it out because they're, you know, in business now and having to make compromises, and they end up hating that. So just take something that is encouraging, that's educating, that makes you feel whole, that you can contribute, and determine whether or not you're a good fit. Let the franchise or determine how you fit in. And you'll find the right place. I mean, there's uh, no doubt about it. There are how many different franchises did you say were out there earlier? Close to three thousand. Yeah. Close to three thousand. That's a lot of opportunities. Right. Well, we're just giving great advice, Glenn. Uh, what 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 other characteristics do you think make a successful Massage Heights franchisee? And mention a few good ones. Anything else? Well, I really think that it's someone who has some life experiences. Um, that doesn't mean necessarily that you have to be mature in age, but Someone that has uh, that has lived through life a little bit, and that they can bring things to the table that can help to improve the system. It's these life experiences that are going to develop and mold and define the culture and and the system itself. Um, but I think you know early on, we really didn't care if you know if we had a owner that was going to be passive or or active within the business. I think today. Um, that is something that uh, we've not required in our disclosure documents. But I think uh, when we're reviewing a franchisee, 
it is very important. Is this person going to be involved in the business and the day-to-day operations? And if not, then what is their plan? Who who can they put in place? And I've just seen so many of these small franchises that uh, have had owner-operators in them just exceed uh, expectations and, and excel. And those that the owner is never in, um, you know, tend to uh, be the lower-producing uh, units. So we certainly like to see someone who's committed uh, whether that's going to be part or full-time or have a solution for who's going to run that business. Um, and someone who's certainly uh, tenacious and that uh, is is hungry and that wants to succeed for whatever that definition of success may be. And so I usually ask that question, you know, how do you define success? What would success look like if you could design it? And for some people, success is, you know, to, to have, uh, you know, a lot more time with my family. For some people, that's money. For some people, that's prestige, whatever it may be. So we look at it and we say, okay, well, how does this fit? How does it work? And just because a guy wants more time with his family doesn't mean he's not going to be committed. Um, that may mean that, you know, he's looking to get home at 6 o'clock in the evening and have dinner. So really, you've got to find people that can bring something to the table and make it better. Uh, we look for, for people who will follow the system, but also for those who can occasionally question it and say, you know, what if? What if we did this a little bit different? What would happen? And then we take a look at it. And sometimes we move forward with those ideas, and sometimes we say, you know what, great idea. It's not going to work this time. Don't let that prevent you for, from coming with ideas in the future. Again, yeah, you know, real good practical advice. Absolutely. Uh, I just thought, you know, a bit for the Massage Heights franchisee, you know, how do they usually promote uh, their business? I imagine a lot of word of mouth goes on with this type of business. And, I mean, it's... I mean, do you really want people out there? Is it just like any other business as, as far as trying to promote the business, or do you rely a lot just on promotional and uh, uh, and also mailings, Glenn, or, or, or just simply word of mouth? Oh, that's a great question, Don. And um, we, we've tried a number of different marketing techniques since, you know, the inception of the first. And uh, we've got a pretty good feel for what does and what does not work the best. But we have done everything from uh, radio and television to direct mailing and door hangers and referral programs. Yeah. And, and to answer your question, what's been most successful for us in these uh, in, in these times, considering we're not this massive big machine that you know we can generate enough dollars for you know television constantly, yeah. um, has been uh, direct mail uh, and door hangers. And then the word of mouth is extremely strong. We have the ability to track all of our lead sources within our software system. And we currently do not have any type of referral or incentive program. We're in the process of developing a rewards program now. But people just bring their friends and family members in because, and they tell everybody about it, because they feel like they got such a great find, they want to share that. It would be the equivalent of you maybe finding you know, um, uh, high-quality, you know, uh, you know, super unleaded gasoline, um, you know, right down the road from you for a dollar twenty a gallon or a dollar fifty a gallon. You right. probably first call your wife and tell her to go fill the cars up, yeah. and uh, you know, then you call your friends and your family and you tell them the same. It's kind of a strange analogy, but it's the truth. There's so much value created in what we do um, because people have seen this for eighty and a hundred dollars per hour. They come in with the expectations that it's probably going to be good, maybe not the best they've ever had. They soon realize that we've, you know, we've uh, uh, promoted or that we've uh, hired the uh, 
the massage therapist from the local spa that they went to last year. They're getting a high-quality massage. They're getting a full experience um, and complete with aromatherapy and elevated services and, again, all of the little amenities. Right. And so they see a lot of value, and that's what creates a buying environment is when people see value. Um, right. And, you know, just you could use that in a number of different examples, but if, most people will purchase anything when they see a tremendous amount of value in it, whether or not they need it or not. And just a, a, just kind of an arbitrary example is that if you're looking at big screen televisions, uh, you know, and you see one on, on sale for half price, you're probably going to look twice at it. If you're not in the market for big screen t- televisions, you may not look twice at one that's discounted at half price, but at there, there's a certain point, this tipping point, in which it will become valuable to you. And that's what we're seeing in this industry. People are finding a lot of value, and that creates a, a repetitive buying environment. That's interesting. Is there an ideal location, Glenn, that you look for for your uh, franchisees? Yeah, we're, we're looking to put in uh, 1,800 to 2,400 square feet, okay. put those in primarily um, inline shopping centers or in caps, out parcels. Uh, we uh, like to put them in uh, primarily female-driven shopping centers. However, 40% today of our customers are men, um, which started out at only about 20% four years ago. Uh, because it is a neutral environment, we do see a lot of men that aren't intimidated to come on in. Uh, but we do put those primarily in female-driven centers with uh, big anchors like grocery stores. We like, uh, obviously, everyone loves to be next to a Starbucks, uh, but we're uh, typically in uh, with the tenants that are like tenants, maybe health and wellness-oriented, maybe a tanning salon or a GNC or, um, you know, a healthy place to eat lunch or dinner. And uh, we'll typically put eight to ten treatment rooms in a location, and that allows us to handle up to, as I said earlier, about 3,000 appointment times per month. Wow. That's fantastic. Uh, uh, Glenn, any, um, like maybe just tell us a little bit about what's going on in the insurance industry. Are there you know, favorable discussions going on that, that can help your industry? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, I don't know anything about this, but maybe someday um, you know, insurance companies can maybe um, – uh, you pick up the cost of you know someone who has a some type of health issue and, and a massage will help. Is you know is, is, is uh, you know, currently some of that stuff going on? Yes, it is. Um, it's a very small percentage of our business, um, but it will continue to grow. And if you remember chiropractic uh, ten or twelve years ago, if you told your GP you were going to a chiropractor, they might have said something like, you know, oh that doesn't work or that's you know uh, quack or whatever it may be. Yeah. Today it's accepted, it's identified as it does work. It's more cost-effective than going to an orthopod. People are getting results, and the insurance companies now pay for the chiropractic. Well, we're going through kind of the same and similar type of uh, scenario now where uh, there are a lot of clinical and research studies to support the efficacy of the effectiveness um, of massage therapy. And uh, as uh, these insurance companies realize that people are getting relief from, from pain and stress and these types of things, uh, that they will be covering massage therapy as well. Uh, maybe people will now not go to the chiropractor but come in and get the massage. My guess is that people will do both because the chiropractors have been great allies of ours, um, and they ask their clients to go get massage therapy before they come in for their adjustment. It allows them to uh, move them or make adjustments much easier. But that is the future. There is a lot of red tape, as you know, with the medical billing and going through insurance companies. Our philosophy has been, at this point, why carry receivables 
when we have people that are pounding down the door to get in here with cash in the hand. Um, and there will be a day where that does become uh, probably a sector that we will 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 dive into. It seems like this everything's pointing in the right direction, you know, for your company and the industry. It really, the is, numbers John. of people getting a massage, uh, people realizing the health benefits, uh, and I think you're right. I think the curve will catch up with the whole insurance situation. It just all is just, you know, it's all pointing all positive for for massage heights. It really is, and this is. Uh, you know, not to sound cliche, but it really is a ground floor opportunity for anyone who's looking to get into a space that really is, you know, at the right place at the right time. Um, uh, I'd like to buy the whole state of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> there you, go. you can have it. Actually, have a gentleman coming in from uh, Philadelphia this uh, tomorrow, actually, for Discovery Day. So pretty close to you there. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's great. Good. We have about 30 seconds. What's the best way to get in touch with you or get more information on your opportunity? Sure. Um, go to uh, massageheights.com. That's M-A-S-S-A-G-E-H-E-I-G-H-T-S.com. Uh, again, my name is Glenn France, and I'm, I'm the president and CEO, and you can reach us here at the corporate office in San Antonio at 210 I also would like to point out that we have a member that is currently climbing Mount Everest. You can follow him if you'll go to our website. His name is Jim Curtin, oh, and great. he has uh, just arrived in Kathmandu in the last uh, 48 hours. That's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, look for the icon on the front page. That's great. Well, I really enjoyed talking to you, Glenn. It was a, we're definitely going to have to have you back in well, the thank near you future. Very much. Yeah, look forward to seeing you next week, Glenn, and uh, good luck at the show. And, by the way, the, uh, you know, the website looks great. Uh, yeah, it does. It's a great website. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate appreciate the opportunity, and uh, we'll talk with you gentlemen soon. Thanks okay. so much, Glenn. See you next week. Take care. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Great show, huh, Don? Yeah, yeah. Which I is do. fantastic. Uh, have, having Glenn on would be uh, great. It's such a niche French, uh, and, and industry. Absolutely. And they know what they're doing. It's uh, It's been great working with Glenn and some of the area developers, and we've been able to uh, help some people, get them financed. So we're looking forward to that continued relationship. It sounds like a great experience. I suspect, you know what I mean. I suspect if you and I went to a massage heights, you know, it's probably something that's very addicting. You know what I mean? Where uh, it just becomes part of your, your your lifestyle. You know, and this growth has just been incredible. I like how Glenn compared it to uh, the chiropractic industry because he's right about that. I remember ten, fifteen years ago, you know, doctors. I mean, he's just like, no, you know, it's it's. And it, and this is what's so interesting about the franchise industry in general. I mean, you look at all these. I mean, you you know, go to a show. I mean, you wouldn't think about a massage business as being a franchise, but exactly. it's now becoming big time and growing. And uh, you know, so they're positioned right. And you know, we always talk about having people back on the show, which which we've done. And you know, definitely it'll be interesting yeah, to see where they're at in a couple years. Watching the growth of, of of this company, you know, so he was a really fantastic guest. And again, I'd like to have him back in another six months as they continue to grow. But great show, Don, and I guess I'll be seeing you next week at the uh, Franchise Show in Washington, D.C. Yep. And for our listeners, go to FranchiseInterviews.com and also GoFranchise.com. Great. Okay. Look forward right. to seeing you next week. I'll be week. seeing you next week, Don. Take care. Great job. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.